Hello, and welcome to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. We Tyler Durden to you. How do you Tyler Durden somebody? <laughs> Isn't that just a con- like an inherent condition? I think so. I think that's what... It's not something that you can inflict on another person. I think that's what Obamacare would define as a pre-existing condition. (laughs) I'm Tyler Durdened. Mm -hmm. Help me, doctor. I've been Tyler and Durdened. I have Obamacare. There's a box for that. like For Tyler Durden? Yeah. When you sign up for healthcare via the marketplace, you check off all the conditions that you think you have. (laughs) On one screen. So say, like, do you have any pre-existing conditions? And based on what your understanding of that term is, you just check off, like, all the maladies you think you have or might have. Would suck to be a hypochondriac facing that list of boxes. It's not actually a real page. Do they include every malady from major motion pictures? Yes. So there's, any, a, there's they, a box that legally says... Legally, they have to. There's a box that says Tyler Durden... And there's a box that says Benjamin Button. <laughs> yeah, because like legally they have to because they can't prove that you don't have that. <laughs> it's like how drug companies have to list, like when you read the side effects on a medication. Yeah, that is a list of all things anybody has ever complained about having while taking that. Because if you say like my toe hurts and I'm on this medication. They can't prove it's not because of the medicine. So they have to include Benjamin Button disease. My dog died. Yeah, that's on there. That's a pre-existing condition. Yeah. Dead dog. Is is that pre-existing condition or side effect to medication? Side effect to medication. Could be both. Depending on what lawyer you ask. (laughs) People can have multiple dogs. Yeah. One can be a medical condition dog, and another one can be a side effect dog. Yeah, you just, it depends how they're registered. Yeah, depends on the breeding. Like, that's why Obamacare took so long to pass. Because it it itself had Benjamin Button disease? <laughs> the legislation? Yeah. <laughs> was a, the bill itself is aging backwards. Effect. Yeah. Was a side effect of dead dog. Wouldn't that mean that it started out as a law? Yeah. Centuries ago. And eons, even. Okay. And eventually it will become unlaw. Yeah. Okay. How do you explain how Obamacare was not a law until pretty recently? It was just under a different name. Could it have reverse, reverse, wait, reverse (laughs) Benjamin Button disease? Where it ages backwards in reverse? Isn't that what we all have? Yeah. <laughs> we all have reverse Benjamin Button. It's pretty common. That's also on the Obamacare form. <laughs> they just check it for you. It's mandatory. Yeah. That's the only one that's auto-filled. Because they're ableist. Along with having no sense of self. <laughs> they just check that one out for you. <laughs> and then when you go to the doctor, you bring that form, and you just bang it down on their desk, and you say... These are your options. Pick one. And give me medicine for it. 
and you show them your Obamacare badge, and they give you whatever you ask for. It's been my experience. That's how big pharma works in the U.S. What if a job paid a live-in wage, which would be enough for you to live in the office? I would not take that job. Me neither. And they had a specific (laughs) store that you had to buy everything from, or they would send thugs to your house to beat you up. But your your house house is the office. (laughs) So really, your boss would just beat you up in the morning if you didn't buy from the office store. If you had Best Buy brand electronics instead of uh, Home Co. (laughs) This, you know, I think we just described a dystopia that's not that implausible. (laughs) Those are the best dystopias. Like... If companies require greater and greater efficiency to the point where you might as well just live in the same building and they get, like, company culture just becomes its own little, like, its own little civilization. Becomes its own nation. Yeah. Basic, you know what? Like, if if we screw up hard enough, that could happen. I think mine was working toward that. I think that Gordy is Ron from the future. Is what? Ron from the future. That's my that's my fan theory anyway. Okay. I read an article on IndieWire by a guy whose point was basically all of your fan theories are wrong. Please stop making them. You're detracting from the story. That has always been my issue with fan fiction as a concept. What? Is how very often it does not resemble the source material. Which makes me question why you appreciate the source material. Because clearly you don't. <laughs> his his point was that it, it reflects your ability to arrange information <laughs> that is not definitively provable or unprovable. Yeah. Like, this guy said this, but then later he did something else that must mean something, like a third thing. Like, which is not almost definitely not what the author intended. Like, they're just inconsistencies in ev- in every work. Yeah. Like, you're just finding them and arranging information in a picture that you like, but that doesn't have any real bearing on the story, and, like, you're just distracting people. I, I will say, like, if you're gonna fan theory anything and have a chance of being right, I think it's Game of Thrones. Because there's a lot to work with. Yeah. And George R. R. Martin has confirmed that some of them are correct. Not which ones. Just he's, that somebody's got he it He said, somewhere. like, there are some fan theories out there that are right, and many more that are wrong. But, like, I don't know how much secret stuff you're gonna squeeze out of Harry Potter. I think she meant what she wrote. I think that she's willing to tell you whatever you want to hear at this point. <laughs> Just pay attention to me. <laughs> but, like, I, I don't think I don't think she slipped in, like, Dumbledore is secretly Ron the whole time or like it all takes place in Harry's head or something like that. I like like some of those just as an interesting interpretation of the story. It's a thought experiment. Some of them hit interesting interpretation. I'm not going to assume that it's canon. The vast majority of fan theories except for Pokemon. Do not approach that. That one's definitely canon. The coma theory? Yeah. That is canon. 100%. 110 million percent. But they they all, all took true. place in Harry Potter's mind during a mental breakdown theory that was was intriguing. I know it's, it's not what she intrigued. I mean, they're they're fun to read. Yeah, I won't I won't dispute that. And I think as an author, I would be fascinated by that. I am I'm 
I am not necessarily confirming or like agreeing with this person's article because I because I do enjoy reading some fan theories sometimes. And I'm presenting his argument. And I think there's a difference between sometimes. fan theory and fan interpretation too. Yeah, I can see that. Like a theory would be like the author meant this the whole time, whereas an interpretation is this is how this came across to me. Like Glinda the Good Witch is the villain of that story. Oh, sure. Like that's yeah. That's a well-argued interpretation. Sure, yeah. And we know that's not what they meant. And not what they intended, but the interpretation is pretty clear. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. They're... You're saying that one has more feasibility to it? I'm saying one is... Like one has backing evidence that is more relevant? Yeah, like a, a real argument. Like a literary analysis of the thing, which, as we all learned in English class, has little to nothing to do with what the author may or may not have intended. (laughs) You just have to read and interpret on your own, which I think is the point of books. (laughs) A large degree is, yeah, you should get something personal out of it. Like, if you're just going to read it and be like, Harry did this, and then he did this, and then he did this, then, I mean, cool, I'm glad you enjoyed it, but you didn't really get a lot out of it. But if you're going to read it and be like, this sounds a lot like... A psychological meltdown. Let me investigate that further and maybe glean something from it beyond the text. Yeah, I mean, like that's that's an active participation with sh- the book. You should draw something personal from it. As as a person who writes, I would much rather there be active interpretations than just passive consumption. Yeah, I mean, one of my favorite things about craft festivals is listening to people pick up a thing and then say what they think it is, and it's never the same. From person to person. Like the Shadow Dog Meets Davy piece gets different reactions from everybody. Someone says it's depression and others say it's, you know, hope and it ranges. That's art. And everybody's wrong because it's clearly a dog and a boy. And a balloon. And a balloon. What it is. (laughs) I don't don't know what the fuck they're talking about. (laughs) Because it's a dog. Yes. It's on the picture. Yeah, I think have they seen dogs before? I think I think that is a different phenomenon. I don't think like it's that, that like that like that is like that's a reaction to art. Like you bring yourself into it and you interpret it. I don't think it's different if the art is painting or writing. Or book. Uh, right. I, I, th- I think, I think that reaction. I think that I think that reaction is a different phenomenon than some of the like the fan theories that are. Right. Out that's there. why I'm saying there's a difference between yes. fan theory and fan interpretation. Yes. I think the yes. the Harry's the the whole thing happens in Harry's head during a mental breakdown is more of a an interpretation. Does that mean the word fan in front of it? No, I don't think so. I think that is just an interpretation by somebody who hopefully read the book. Hopefully, and may or may presumably. not presumably may or may not be a fan, but chances are good that they are. You understood what was happening. Yeah. Well, the two of you are apparently that would be a great way. <laughs> that would be a great way to introduce yourself to anyone. I think is to just simultaneously do everything that you like, <laughs> and then they you should, just have a clear picture of they who that person get it. is. In an instant, yeah. they look. They look, and you're like, "Oh, what's that? You're playing video games, juggling, like <laughs> juggling and playing D and D, and you're figure skating." At the same time. Okay, I get it. You're listening to eight different bands. You have several t-shirts on. They're all snarky. Yeah. And you've got... <laughs> you're watching 
I don't know why, but you're... <laughs> you are surrounded by televisions. Yeah, they're all playing... blasting several different things. My go-to movie for the example, I don't know why, but the movie that arrived first in my brain was What About Bob? <laughs> Which is a fine little movie. Sure. It's no Pacific Rim. Sure. I, do, I don't know if anybody would call it... I'm sure people would. It's somebody's favorite movie. Bill Murray's in it. It's Bill Murray's favorite movie. And Richard Dreyfus. It's not his. His favorite movie He's is, seen is Alien. Richard Dreyfus? Yeah. Well, <laughs> known um, fact. Sure. You say so. We love Space Jockeys. And Space Jam. And Space Jam. I would watch a show called Hoarder Wars. <laughs> Who can hoard the most stuff? It's just like a weird modern version of the Butter Battle book. <laughs> so they in real life. So they hoard things. And then just stack. And then, and then they build weapons <laughs> out of the things yeah. that they have hoarded. Yeah. Taller and taller weapons. Happily ever after. happily ever after.